0: All right, now will you turn with me, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Beloved, the difficulty with that verse is the little word If. If any man, if, 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 that's the difficulty with. No man to begin with is a new creature. No man to begin with can talk about the old ways passing by. No man to begin with can talk about everything being made new, but it takes an if, 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 if. Here's something that must happen. And if this one thing can happen, this one event can take place, you'll be a different kind of a creature from what you are, a new one. And when this new creation comes and takes possession of you, Your relationship to the past will be forever a thing of the past. It will pass away. And your relationship to the things of the future will be forever new. Now, beloved, as I take this text for you tonight, I want to talk first about what it means to be a new creature. Second, I want to talk to you about what it means to have the old things pass away. And third, I want to speak briefly about what it means to have all things become new. There's something about this text that is really startling. The Lord is saying that as you are right now, As you find yourself on this earth, there's something so wrong with you and something so bad about you that I can't have anything to do with it. You can't walk with me. You can't have fellowship with me. You can't talk to me. You can't get through to me. As you are at the present time, you are dead in trespasses and sins. And God is saying that if you're going to come into relationship with me, you're going to have to be a new creature, a new one, a different one, an entirely different kind of a person you're going to have to become if you're going to have a relationship with me and have fellowship with me and be able to talk with me. The Lord says, I can't talk with you like you are in your sin. I can't talk with you like you are with a black and dirty heart. I can't talk with you when you have no regard for righteousness or my law. You are without Christ, without hope, without God in this world. That's what you are. Now, he says, you will be made new will be made over I'll take you and do with you something that you can't do with yourself I'll take you and make out of you something that you could never never produce by your own ways your own power your own hands I will make out of you a new creature absolutely now. I read to you tonight this great prophecy of Habakkuk. It's a prophecy of fierce and frightful judgment against a Gentile people who were living in a bloody city. They were living in a condition of awful iniquity, filth, fornications, the awful crimes of murder, All of these things were abounding in the city and God cries out in judgment upon the city of Nineveh because of its iniquity. I want to say to you, to people tonight, when you listen to Ms. McIntyre tomorrow and she tells you the things she saw in London, England, this great Protestant citadel there with Westminster Minister Abbey, I want to tell you, beloved, it's not going to be long till some frightful judgment falls on England. England's becoming another Nineveh. Beloved, when you read the newspapers here in our own community and listen to the radio day after day, this awful thing, three married women over here in South Philadelphia were going out to spend the evening together, and they came to the house, the last house there, and they got to that house, and some fella came along, a colored man with a pistol, and put those three women in that car. He drove them over the uh, Walt Whitman Bridge and back down over here to Runnymede, meet over on some side way. He took their coats and tore it to Wuddershire. Threads, tied him up, and then he threw one of them in the back seat and raped the woman. And when he finished, he ran off with their cars, and they haven't caught the gangster yet. Is that America? Is that Philadelphia? Is that what's become of us? Beloved, that's the fruit of your Sunday newspapers. That's the fruit of the modernism in your churches. That's the fruit of the apostasy that's fallen upon us. That's the fruit of all this intellectuality which tells us that we have a new morality and we must readjust our thinking to the new program of our day. Beloved, it's nothing but none of us. It's nothing but the awful wickedness that's aggravating in the heart of man. And God says, I can take you, sir, and make out of you a new creature. I can take you out of murder. I can take you out of rape. I can take you out of adultery. I can take you out of all these things which are under the condemnation of God. And I can make a new creature out of you. Beloved, we don't realize what's involved in this great miracle and the mystery of a new birth. Oh, here's the first birth and the little child is born and a tremendous price is paid for that birth as that little life is ushered into this world in which we live. And that's the first birth. And Nicodemus said, shall I enter a second time into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus Christ said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the way you got here the first time. But if you're going to be born again the second time, it's got to be done by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is more powerful than any human sin. The Spirit of God has in it the might to regenerate and make new creatures which will never, never die. Regeneration is the work of the Spirit of God. And beloved, the most important thing that you need to be assured of tonight is that you have been made a new creature. You're not a new creature when you're born into this world. You're born under the curse of Adam. And you belong to the seed of this human race which is dying seed. But not until you receive the Lord Jesus Christ do you have living seed. You're born unto death in the flesh. You're born unto life in the spirit. And all of this is given unto us in the glorious gospel which we preach. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The power of God which makes a new creature out of a sinful man. Beloved when you see so clearly defined you see so beautifully outlined what is necessary why don't we keep busy at winning men to Christ. Why are not we everlastingly at the task testifying to men who are dead that they can become new creatures in Jesus Christ? We're the church. We're the only one who has this banner. We're the only one who can lift up this testimony. We're the only one who can tell people everywhere that the only way they can come into the fellowship of the living God is to become a new creature. A new creature my beloved when you see this in the bible and then you turn around and look at what's going on in the world today and these churches talking about unity 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 and someone just brought me the current issue of of time magazine and lo and behold they pasted the face of bishop pike on the front of time magazine and here he is with his renewal business And the renewal uh, business is bringing all the churches, regardless of these views, into one great glorious system. And when they get this great super church, they'll be as dead as a doornail. No life, no power, no gospel. Beloved, I'm not interested in renewing a church which has gone into the apostasy. I'm interested in seeing sinners become new creatures in Christ and then building a church on the basis of regeneration. I'm interested in building a church which is made up of men and women who can testify that I am a new creature in Christ and I'm not ashamed of it. Oh, beloved, when you look at the Philadelphia area, you look at the conditions here about us in South Jersey, and you look at the weaklings, My, how I love to hear these men preach in Ireland. I almost thought we ought to take our faith theological seminary and ship them all to Ireland for six months and let these fellows learn how to preach in Irish. Oh, beloved. If we could get some of our boys over there in Faith Seminary into the issues. Beloved, when you're dealing with life and death, when you're dealing with political powers, when you're in, in the front of the jails, and when they throw you into prison for three months, and when the nation comes to grips with these issues, men are preaching unto life. They're preaching unto liberty. They're preaching unto victory. And they're getting through to the hearts of men. And men are believing... when they believe, then they stand. And when they stand, they don't fall. They fight. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All right, now let's take the second item that's in this text. All things have passed away. All things have passed away. Beloved, when you wake up in the regeneration and discover that you now possess eternal life and that no one can ever take it away from you and that this is the greatest treasure and the greatest possession that any man can possibly have on the face of this earth, you don't care about the past. You're not interested in the past. Your old habits... And your old companions, and your old uh, frequent places where you go, beloved, the way to break the past with its iniquity, the way to break the hold which the past has upon you, is to become a new creature and make sure you are a new creature in Jesus Christ and you'll not be interested in the past at all. Oh, beloved, the world about us is just glorying in its wickedness and its lust. And I'm not even interested in it. Doesn't have any attraction for me at all. No appeal of any kind for me. We just don't live in their world. In fact, we're not interested in their world. They're on the broad road that goes down to destruction. And it's the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And this is the pleasures of sin and it's just for a season. That's all. And I'm not interested in the pleasures of sin. I'm interested in the joys of everlasting life. I'm not interested in turning aside to this world where it builds up its fountains of mammon and where it builds up its castles of earthly glory. I'm not interested in that kind of a thing. I'm interested in eternal life. I'm interested in the answer to the accident on the highway and where that soul goes when it takes its leave. We have the answer to that question. I'm interested in what God has been pleased to tell us about a new body and about a resurrection, about an endless life. Beloved, this old world in which you and I live is a miserable old place to walk around in, and everybody you see is on the road, he's on the escalator that's taking him down to to the pit and nobody can get off that escalator nobody can get away from the treadmill that he's walking as he goes day by day moment by moment closer to that hour when he shall take leave of this mortal body in which he dwells and his soul shall go out into eternity and those of us who can answer the question of heaven those of us who have a remedy for sin we're the people That the world needs to listen to. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. All things are passed away. You know, when you go back to the Greek and the Roman world and the days when Paul went out preaching, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed. Beloved, when Paul went to the city of Corinth, did he have a dialogue? When Paul went to the city of Corinth, did he enter into some kind of an intellectual chit-chat with the students of the town? Is that what he did? No, beloved, when he went to the city of Corinth. He expounded from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. That was it. And beloved, we have a declaration to deliver. I'm not here to argue with you, beloved. I'm here to tell you what's wrong with you. I'm not here to enter some kind of debate with you. I'm here to tell you that if you want to be a new creature, there's only one way it'll ever happen. And I've got the way to show you. I've got the way to tell you. And you'll become a new creature in Jesus Christ. And what I like about our separated movement is we know Christ, we know the gospel, and we're not going to change it. And one of the men said over there to me in Berlin when we were over there at the Billy Graham place, and I was locked out, you know, I didn't have a press conference and I couldn't get it. he said, Dr. McIntyre, the trouble with you is you're just too inflexible. The trouble with you is you're just too inflexible. Well, beloved, I'm just as inflexible as being a new creature is. You're not half a creature, part a creature, a fraction of a creature. You're either a new creature or you're not. And the gospel which I preach to you is utterly and completely and totally inflexible. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye can be delivered from death and ye can be delivered from sin and ye can have the gift and the treasure of everlasting life you know beloved we took a collection today to take care of this building but you know what sanctifies this building as we're here day by day it isn't the gifts it's the word Just think of the reverberation from wall to wall and from floor to ceiling and from heart to heart. It's the reverberations of life eternal which you hear in this place. It's a message that brings unto you a complete and total deliverance from the past. All things have passed away. And you go back into that Roman world and you go into the city of Corinth and you go, if you will, back into the Greek and world. And what did Paul do? He pressed, preached Christ. He preached Christ. He preached Jesus and the resurrection. He just preached it and just kept on preaching it. And the Holy Spirit takes that in the life of an individual. And beloved, you can argue to your blue in the face with all these philosophical arguments that you try to employ, and you won't save anybody's soul. It's the preaching of the message of salvation in the cross, in the blood. It's foolishness, but it's power. It's con. It's it's a scandal to the Jews but it is the wisdom of God and beloved when I stand in this pulpit tonight I'm not going to debate with you I'm going to tell you what God will do for you and all you have to do is to believe God and your soul will be taken care of forever if any man be in Christ all things have passed away Now let's take the last point. All things have become new. Not some things, but all things. Everything. Your outlook's different. Your purposes are different. Your activities are different. Your interests are different. All things have become new. You know, beloved, when a man gets right with the Lord and the Lord cleans up his life and his heart, he isn't interested in this filthy stuff. He doesn't want to mess with it. He's interested in the things which are pure and honorable. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are of good report. Whatsoever things are honest. If there be any virtue, think on these things. Think on them. God bless you parents that keep this filthy stuff out of your homes where your children will have a chance to feed on it and to agitate the lust of their baser natures. God bless you people who realize that we in Christ have set our face toward an entirely different destiny, an entirely different purpose, and we are to sanctify our bodies and our spirits and to perfect holiness in the fear of God my you parents ought to see to it that your children are in the sunday school you ought to see that they're in the church services and sometimes i think that even our own people here in this church are too lax we get the idea well you go in the morning mr and i'll go at night and we trade back and forth and here she's here today and he's here tomorrow you ought to both be here all the times and bring your children with you We ought to have this place filled with our families, all of our families. The world about us doesn't know where it's going. It's going down a broad road of confusion. And the Christian people are off with their cocktails and their lusts and their parties and all their worldly enticements. And the Spirit of God is grieved. And we as the children of God should be building a church and building a nation and building a people who stand forthright upon the magnificent message of the word of God. You know, I had an interesting experience over there in Berlin. Evangelist Billy Graham called this great conference Congress on Evangelism, they called it. And it was sponsored by Christianity Today and Dr. Carl Henry. And uh, we've known for some years that there's been a great change in Billy Graham from what he was when he first started out with W.B. Riley. We've all seen Billy move and move and move until now. He's over in the ecumenical camp very definitely. And he calls himself, he speaks of ecumenical evangelism, and he said he had an ecumenical heart, and he just can't turn loose the word ecumenical anymore. And he set up this great meeting, and here they had the World Council of Churches man, head of their department on uh, mission and uh, evangelism. They had the secretary for evangelism from uh, Geneva, one of these modernists over there. And then they brought in these top ecumenical leaders from the Presbyterian and from the Methodist. They all were over there. And he then brought the men from the Iron Curtain countries. Remember, nobody came to that conference without a personal invitation from Dr. Graham and Mr. Henry. That was an invited affair. And they just set this thing up with all these combinations. Of course, they had a lot of evangelicals there. And they even had a few men there that have left you and me in years past. Bob Rayburn was there, Francis Schaefer was there, men that we were utterly surprised. And the president of Westminster Seminary was over there too. And I saw him. here was a communist and here was a fundamentalist and here was the World Council and they had the greatest hodgepodge you ever saw. But they didn't want me. And Dr. Henry didn't like the fact that I had written about him and his organization, as I have, questioning the whole basis of this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you tonight, the evangelism that makes you a new creature, beloved, makes everything new, and you don't stay yoked up with apostasy any longer. When you find the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to go back to that church that you've been in that killed you and kept you dead. You're going into churches where there's life and where there's power and where there's regeneration. And Billy Graham has brought this broad ecumenism, this inclusivism, and it came into that program. And they wouldn't let me have credentials to report it. And Dr. Henry said the last day that they were rebuking Dr. McIntyre. Well, did not it nice? They don't like what I write, and so they rebuked me by not letting me have press credentials. And that was the new evangelicals that did it. The new evangelicals that did it. So, beloved, I was on the outside. And as I told some of you folks, I had the greatest time at that gathering I've ever had. Because the reporters on the inside, some of them were all for me, so they saw to it that I got all the news releases and I had access to everything they printed. I had the whole works. And furthermore, some of them even took tape recordings and I had access to the tape recordings of every single press conference they had. And furthermore, I didn't have to bother. I could just sit in my room and listen to them. And I went over there, and I couldn't get in. They had that door guarded, ladies and gentlemen. They had guards on that door. It was the funniest thing. Never seen guards uh, doors guarded so, so, so tightly in my life. And you had to have this badge or this pass, or you couldn't get in. Of course, I didn't have a press pass, and I'd come to report, and so I was out. Went well, over there the first night the great entrance to that auditorium seated about 1,200 people was a big glass entrance out uh, under a canopy and then it moved into a vestibule sort of a storm center and then there was another series of doors that took you into the inside but it was cold but I stood out there and pretty soon I moved into the inside the uh, foyer there, the storm center and the man didn't object so I stood there about three hours, and I had a steady stream of men coming to see me, coming out to see me. Dr. McIntyre, yes. And a man came along, and he stood there, and I said, what's your name? And he told me, he says, you know, Dr. McIntyre, he says, I was in your class on modern religious problems in faith seminary in 1954. I said, you were? He said, yes. And so we talked, I says, what's the matter with you? He says, well, I can't get in either. I said what have you done well he says I haven't done anything I just want to be an observer and they wouldn't even let me be that so I'm out I said well shake hands and so we stood there and we had the greatest time Charlie Fuller came along and says hello Carl I says hello Dr. Fuller I haven't seen you for 15 years talked to him a few minutes he says well he says I gotta go preach the gospel and out he walked and uh, uh, along came the leader of Youth for Christ Tori Johnson hello Carl I said, well, hello, Tory. I haven't seen you for a long time. Goodbye. And one by one, they came by. And you know, after a while, the door opened out here. And the man came in with a light gray suit on and the wife very well dressed. The guards came and said, where are your well, Don't have any. He says, well, I'm a doctor. He says, I have some medicine here. And he pulled it out and held in his hand. He says, it's for a man from Liberia who has a heart condition and he must have this medicine. I brought it to him. Here was a man that didn't belong to the conference. He wasn't connected with it. He wasn't a reporter. He wasn't anything. He just was a doctor bringing him some medicine. And you know they wouldn't let him in? They wouldn't let that fellow in. So he had to stay out there with me. And he and his wife stood there, and after a while, somebody came along and said, Yes, I'll try to locate this man. And so they went in, and they talked about their man. But he stood out there, and the Lord left him with me. And so I began to talk to him. And I said, Where are you from? They said, We're from Liberia. I said, Well, I've been in Liberia. Monrovia? I said, Yeah, we stopped in Monrovia last year. He says, You have. Well, that's all you need to strike up any kind of a friendly conversation, especially in Berlin. And you know, beloved, we began to talk, and I asked her about her faith, and she said she was Jewish. And I asked him about his faith, he said he was a Catholic. And I said, well, both of you are wrong. I said, you should find the Lord. And I stood there, and I took the text I have tonight. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And I just preached to them, I just expounded to them, and I asked this man, I says, what causes people to die? I said, what's the trouble, what causes death? You know what he said to me? Coronary thrombosis. I says, doctor, doctor, that's not what causes death, it's sin that causes death, doctor. And then he turned I said, doctor, what pleasure do you get out of life? He says, well, he says, I get a great deal of pleasure out of serving humanity. He says, in my knowledge of medicine, he says, I can help this woman, I can help this child. He says, I've done a lot of good in this world. He says, I I have hopes for the future. I says, doctor, you don't even know what it means to be born again. And the woman looked at me and she says, well, you know, I think I'm a reincarnation. I said, lady, I don't think you are. She says, well, how about all this Hindu?" I says no lady I says God made you like you are he created you like you are to use you for his glory and he's ready to give you a new birth if you'll come to Christ and beloved for 40 minutes I witnessed to that doctor and his wife and her eyes moistened up and she turned and she said I'd love to have what you have and the doctor said yes he said I'm interested in that you're talking about I says let's have prayer And we had a prayer meeting out there where we were locked out. It was a magnificent testimony. That was a conference on evangelism. I was doing evangelism on the outside. I was locked out and I was doing evangelism. The kind of evangelism that Philip did when he stopped by by the wayside. The kind of evangelism our Savior did when he met the woman at the well in Samaria. And, beloved, I want to tell you, I got the greatest thrill. And I said to that lady, I said, you can accept the Lord Jesus Christ now. She said, I'd love to accept him. She says, I want what you have. You know, beloved, I'm a great believer in the providences and the perfect plans of God. I never would have got to see that doctor if I hadn't been locked down. Never would have got to see Oh, how God undertakes and God overrules these things. I don't know whether they're saved or not. But I'm going to pray for them. And one of these days in God's good providence, we'll find out whether they were saved or not. We'll find out the story. But, beloved, when I told that woman she was Jewish, and when I told that woman that the old things would pass away, that everything would be new, everything would be new, a new heavens, a new earth, a new eternity, a great and glorious Savior to look forward to seeing, and I described for her what our Savior did when he rose from the dead. You know, beloved, the one thing that seems to stump these people more than anything else, the one thing that seems to bring their interest and their attention more than anything else, is when you pray. Preach the resurrection of the dead. That's the thing that seems to get them. And it seemed to get her. And I said, lady, I said, there's going to be a resurrection. I'm going to be raised from the dead. And when I'm raised, I'll be just what I am, except I'll be made new. And you'll be just what you are, except you'll be made new. And I said to the doctor, I said, doctor, you'll be a new doctor. You'll be a new creature. And beloved, it's this radicalness. It's this regenerating power of the gospel of Jesus Christ which you and I have to give to the world we have it. all in the world Billy Graham was doing was to kind of sweeten everybody up with a nice sweet spirit of unity so they can move into the ecumenical movement and get more recognition in the ecumenical movement Beloved, I'm out of the ecumenical movement. I'll forever be out of the ecumenical movement. And furthermore, I'm not in favor of any kind of an evangelism that will save precious souls and put them in the ecumenical movement. And these are the lines that have to be drawn in the preaching of the gospel in these latter days that we might be true and faithful to Jesus Christ. A new creation. Old things, everything in the past gone. Thank God you've turned your back on hell. Everything in the future new. Thank God the door of heaven is open to us. And by faith we can see through it. And by faith we can behold the Lord Jesus Christ who's at the right hand of the throne of glory. We have a Savior in glory. Now I started this message by saying one thing. If, if, it's the biggest if in the Bible. If any man be in Christ. The only way you can be made a new creature is to come to Christ. The only way all things will pass away is that Christ will take them away from you. The only way that everything will be made new is that Jesus Christ becomes all and in all. And he becomes our beloved. He's the lily of the valleys, the fairest among ten thousand. He's the apple of the Lord's eye. He's everything that anyone could ever want. The Alpha and Omega. I'm the root and the offspring of David, we heard this morning. I'm the bride and the morning star, he says. Here he is, the beginning and the ending, the fullness of wisdom and power, the glory of God, the Son of the living God who came to this world to die for your a lot of you people may think you were born again but you never made it you don't act like it you don't live like it you don't walk like it if any man be in Christ he's a new creature completely new Oh, how easy it is when you come to Christ to throw that thing away and slough that thing off and your interests aren't the same. Isn't it wonderful that this broadcast we have that God's given us across the nation we're dealing with these issues? And we're seeing more of these so-called conservatives get straightened out. They get in this organization, and that organization, some other organization. And then they listen to a broadcast in which we're appealing to the word of God. And we're exposing sin and the tyrannies that are born of it. And we're dealing with the disillusionments of mankind. And we come down to this plain preaching of Jesus Christ. And then they believe. Than they believe. Oh, you young people, go out and preach Jesus Christ. Oh, you young people, take the standard of His Word. Oh, you young people, take the glory of the cross. God forbid that I should glory in any other thing than the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature if, 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 if that's the question but if you're having, remember you're a new creature and let's act like it and live like it and praise God like it we're new creatures in Christ I think of that Roman world and the galley slaves in the pitholes of those old cruisers across the Mediterranean I think of all the idolatries of that day and Paul just came in and preached the simple gospel and these people became new creatures suddenly they were alive instantaneously by the work of the spirit their eyes opened and the scales of darkness fell off of them and they rose up and they said we belong to Jesus Christ you know when you go over to Ireland and you go into North Ireland you see how they observe the sabbath you know, I was over at the hotel and Paisley said to me, he said, now Dr. McIntyre, when Sunday morning comes, he says, be careful and don't get a newspaper. So he warned us. And then some of the girls in our party, you know, they had a few of these little things that hang down on the ears. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and they had a few little other things. And. They were very nice, you know. The way they put it, I think it was Mrs. Bryan Green or somebody else said to the girls. He said, "Well, you know, when you get over to Ireland, you, it's just as well that you don't wear those things. They'll be misunderstood." And so the girls had enough sense not to wear them, and our women looked much better. You should have seen them when we got over to Ireland. They were all fixed up. But you know, I got out there and saw those Irish women. They got some of the prettiest Irish girls. I don't misunderstand. But they had some of the nicest-looking Irish girls. Their blonde hair, their eyes were deep and blue. And you know, with the rain and the cold and everything else, everything so clean and fresh, and they had the whitest cheeks, but the nicest, prettiest rosebuds on those cheeks you ever saw. And beloved, I said to myself, those rosebuds on those cheeks are better than all the implements that they try to hang on. That's right. But Ireland, what happened to Ireland? How did it get a Sabbath-keeping people? How did they observe the Sabbath? What happened here in Philadelphia 50 years ago when John Wanamaker was teaching the great Bible class over here in Bethany, Presbyterian Church? What happened in those days when we didn't have any Sunday newspapers? What happened in those days when we had Sunday schools in the afternoon? What happened in those days when we got up Sunday morning and we gave the whole day from the morning to the night and we went to the tent meetings and we went to the camp meetings and we went to these great places and met. And lived in the knowledge of the word of God and they heard it preached and beloved as we say the whole structure of our civilization crumbling under the dead weight of unbelief and this so called learning which repudiates God you and I have got to come together and the Bible says neglect not the assembling of yourselves together and so much the more as ye see the day approaching and beloved on Sunday your place is in this church On Sunday night as we preach the gospel, your place is in this church with anybody you can bring with you and come pray. Remember, it's the foolishness of preaching that God uses to save sinners and give them everlasting life. We've had a sad day in many ways. One of our numbers should have been here tonight. Last night, she was killed in a highway accident, taken suddenly out of this earth. And I changed my sermon this morning. I preached one of comfort and one of heaven, one of glory. We got a blessing. And after the service over, I stand back here, and a dear man came to me. A stranger doesn't come here. He says, Dr. McIntyre," says, my wife was taken away last summer. And he says, I took her to the hospital, he said, when she had to go. And he says, you know what she said to me? She said, he looked up at me and says, called my first name. She says, Sam, I'm ready. I'm ready. My, his eyes partly said that was her word. I'm ready. Oh, beloved, are you ready? Are you a new creature? Have the old things passed away? Has everything come new? Are you ready? to leave, to go away. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank Thee for the preaching of the gospel tonight. Oh, the great power of this message, the power of this blood, miraculous, supernatural, beyond the understanding of fragile minds of men. Oh, Father, tonight, we are new creatures. May we know it forever. May we never forget it for a moment. And may these old things go, go, go forever away. And may we look to the new things. Because we are in Christ Jesus. Amen.